0: Shumos Parakid Aleph, Mishnah Tess, 9. This is the 100th Mishnah of the Masechta. Just this one and one more to go. So we're talking about Karshinin. Karshinin, you can Google it for yourself. I'll try to remember to put the Wikipedia articles that I found. It's bitter vetch. Now, vetch is a funny thing. It is edible for human beings, but they would rather avoid eating it because it just tastes terrible. Um, it is, however a great food for animals. So, in the context of truma, it, according to many Mufarsham, has a very unique place. On the one hand, since it really is human food, albeit um, not a very good one, it's subject to the Allah's of truma. Because remember, if things are not edible by humans, there's no truma requirement. On the other hand, since people won't eat it, and animals really will, the question is, can one give it to animals? And the answer is, One could. Um, that is quite uncommon because usually we've said that when it comes to animals um, or any truma for that matter, you can't waste your truma and use it in an improper way, including feeding it to animals. So it's for human beings. So karshinin is special, uh, the vetch, and that's our topic over here. According to the, the Rambam, it's, the truth is that um, karshinin aren't exactly special, and this would apply to any food that fits this kind of criteria. Um, so, for example, if you would have any food Perhaps even if you have Truma bread that's you know, that's now gone moldy, let's say, and your horse will be happy to eat it, but you would rather not. Um Saramam so seems to say there and that you could give it to your horse if you're a Kohen and you own the horse, and that'll be fine as well. Um, be that as it may, the mission I was going to discuss how one deals with kar So it says karshine Truma, if you have vetch, that's Truma. Machilin Osam ul ul You can fit it to your animals, whether they're Behemos, domesticated, or chaios, undomesticated animals. You know, you have a uh, deer roaming around in your estate. Or tarnagolim, are chickens. Um, interesting side point, almost all, always the triumvirate of animals is behemos, chaios, and ophos. Ophos meaning birds in general. Here it says specifically tarnagolim, chickens, which is peculiar. Um, a possible reason why is because um, if one is raising, let's say, I don't know, falcons or something, um, they can fend for themselves. Um but if you're using your truma to feed your animals, it would have to be an animal that is dependent upon you to feed it. Um, like, for example, your tarnagolam, your chickens. That's a possible answer. Okay. Now, Mish goes on to make uh, an important distinction, which actually is sort of instructive in the halachas of ownership in general, not to do with truma. But the idea here is that if the animal is owned by a koan, so then it is eligible to eat karshinum, the vetch, even if the just truma. On the other hand, if the animal is not owned by a Kohen, then it is not eligible to consume karshim, that's truma. So the Mishnah is going to focus on two arrangements. And the first arrangement is rental. If a person rents an animal, so he doesn't own the animal, the owner remains the original owner, and the renter just has certain rights in the animal. And that being the case, if a Yisrael rents an animal from a Kohen, so then that animal remains eligible to consume truma. Whereas if a Kohen rents an animal from a Yisrael, he may not feed it truma. And that's the Mishnah says here inside, it says Yisrael Shesachar Parma Kohen, the Yisrael non-Kohen who rents the cow from the Kohen, Ma'achila Karshine Truma. He, the Yisrael, may feed the fetch to the truma vetch, to the Kohen's cow. Um, on the flip side, the converse is the Kohen if you have a Kohen who rents a cow from a Yisrael, a non Kohen, love. It doesn't matter. Even if the Kohen is obligated to feed the animal, he's not allowed to use the Truma to feed the animal. Karshina Truma. He may not feed it with Truma Karshina, he'd have to use something else. Now, there's a question as to how is it possible that the Yisrael who's renting a cow can use Truma to feed the cow he's rented? That would seem to be, even if it's not a Truma issue per se, it's not the Yisrael's Truma. The Truma belongs to the Kohanim. And even if the Yisrael hasn't given it to a specific Kohen, um, he owes it to the Kohanim. So, how is he within his rights to use someone else's assets to feed the cow he has to feed? So the Bharatanah understand, understands quite an interesting thing, um, and he's probably the minority amongst the Rosh but he understands that a person can give his truma to whomever he wants, and included in the whomever he wants possibilities is the Kohen who owns this cow. And there's a, a non-Sahadi, there's like a, it's self-evident, if you will, that's my translation here loosely, a non-Sahadi, literally means we can testify, um, that the owner of this cow would be very pleased if the vetch ended up in this cow's belly because the vetch is a great animal fodder. And therefore, it's tantamount to, says the Bartonora, giving it to the Cohen and then using it to feed the animal because that is presumably, it's safe to assume, that that is what the Cohen would want done with the, the Karsheen and the vetch. That's a Bartholomew's approach. Many others find that rather strange, um, and therefore they understand that there must have been some kind of arrangement with the Kohen ahead of time where it was the Kohen's responsibility to, um, as opposed to the Israel's responsibility to feed this rented cow from the Kohenum, And that was the arrangement they came up with, that he would be giving, the Israel would be giving the karshinim to the Kohen and then be used, that karshinim would be used to feed the cow. Okay, The second financial arrangement we're going to deal with here is Shuma. Now, Shuma is very unfamiliar to us in the year, you know, 21st century. Shuma, which literally means uh, appraisal or estimate uh, appraisal, is kind of like what we've seen in the past with um, sharecropping and tenant farming, where the rich landowner has the capital, but he needs the peasant to be the laborer to work the field, and in that scenario what happens is they strike a deal where the owner of the land says listen you put in the labor and effort to cultivate this field and we'll split the profits 50-50 whatever the case may be so that's for people who are acting as farmers but in animal husbandry there's a similar arrangement where the owner of the asset the cow in this case could strike a deal with a person who, say, who they who as follows that the laborer the worker will take this cow he'll invest in it he'll fatten it up and then he'll return it and then um, they will sell the cow which has now been fattened up and and is with more value and they'll split the proceeds whatever let's say 50 50. so that's the arrangement called shuma where one person takes an animal increases its value by fattening it up and then they sell it and they split the proceeds Um, and in such a scenario it's called shuma an appraisal because when the person who's doing the work takes the cow off the hands of the original owner, so he actually is um, underwriting and guaranteeing um, that appraised value. So that would mean, for example, if a Yisrael goes to a Kohen and says, I'll fatten up your cow for you, and then we'll split the profits 50-50. So how will they assess the profits? First, they will appraise the value of the cow. They'll say this cow is worth $100, and the Yisrael then will take that cow, which um, when he returns it and for argument's sake, if the cow is now worth $400, then they'll split the $300 profit, let's say 50-50, each gets 150. But let's say, what happens if the Yisrael appraises the cow at 100, and then he takes it off the Cohen's hands, and then you know an act of God happens, and lightning strikes and kills the cow? Um, now, who's responsible for the loss? The answer is the Yisrael. His responsibility is 100%. No matter what happens to the cow, he will have to return at a bare minimum the $100 of value that he took from the Cohen, So that's considered to be tantamount to purchasing the cow. And then later on, if he returns to the Kohen, as opposed to selling it on his behalf, it would be returning and like re-transferring ownership of the cow, perhaps. So the point is, Shuma is effectively a, an assumption of ownership. And that being the case, unlike the previous examples where we said, the renter, if the Yisrael is a renter and the owner is a Cohen. The cow could eat Truma because it still belongs to the Kohen. Here we're saying if the person doing the work is the Yisrael and the original owner is the Kohen, the cow may not be fed Truma in that Shuma arrangement because when the Yisrael takes the cow off the Kohen's hands after the appraisal, he has essentially taken ownership of the cow. And that being the case, it transfers from being a Cohen's cow to being a Yisrael's cow and is no longer eligible to eat Truma. That's what the mission says inside. It says Yisrael Shesham. A Yisrael non Cohen who appraises para a Cohen a cow from a Cohen meaning he takes it based on that fixed value of 100 and he's on the hook to return at a bare minimum 100 dollars of value lo yechilena karshine truma that Yisrael may not feed that cow truma vetch because it stopped being a Cohen's cow and became a Yisrael's cow. On the other hand, the Cohen shesham para mi if it's the Cohen who's taking the cow off the hands of the Yisrael so then it became the Cohen's and that being the case. Maachila Karshina Truma, the Cohen may feed that cow Truma.